Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast. We've come to the end of 2023, but we're still cranking out the podcast. 2023 was a great year. We've had lots of content. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening to our discussions, to our travels, or seen some of the content we've put out, whether it's on our YouTube with Pro Work or our Instagram and social channels. But I, for one, am incredibly thankful and incredibly appreciative of all of you that have supported us so much throughout the year. It's been so fun. It's been so rewarding. A year that's had great ups and great downs, such as life. But I've enjoyed sharing it all with you here on the Tour Coach. It's become one of the most fun projects. I'm also especially thankful to Clint Crouch, who puts this all together for us. Uh, But I need to give a special shout-out to my sponsors because they've all been with me for an incredibly long time. We're talking about Shrixon Golf. Special thanks go to Rodney, Mason, Eddie, and Chip, and all the folks that help keep me part of the Shrixon family forever. Ian and Shep and Amber at Vineyard Vines, always making us look good. Ryan at Bushnell Golf and all they did with the Pro Work uh, series and support of Tour Coach. And you can't forget Mitch McConnell, Taylor Martino and Rowan, and Stokely's Midtown Garden Center here in, in Mobile, Alabama, They've all become friends. They're all part of the the tour coach and the Dew Sweeper family. So please support them. And again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. We look forward to seeing you more in 2024. We've got some great stuff for you to listen to over the holidays as well. Enjoy the tour coach. All right. Uh, Joining me here on the tour coach. Somebody I've been wanting to get on in a while, uh, for a while. We've had, uh, sat in at a... uh, uh, actually, on a roundtable a while back, we were at Pinehurst a couple of years ago at a golf magazine function, and he recently presented at the Top 100 Summit out in Phoenix, which I was not able to go to, but uh, heard great things about it. Um, one of the really bright uh, young coaches, I, I guess everybody's young compared to me now, so shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, having a lot of success, obviously one of the teachers to watch. Combined with, uh, you know, best teacher in his state up in Chicago. It's got to be freezing cold up there. He's got to be going, trying to go to somewhere warm. Jake Thurm. Jake, what's going on, bud? Tony, thanks for having me. Long time coming. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, all those accolades is my first reaction is thank you. And my second reaction is it's freaking weird coming from you, man, because I just want to, I, I, you're, you're one of the guys that I'm always watching and I'm always striving to be, uh, more like, uh, you know, it's called mentorship and, and basically find somebody that's doing what you want to be doing and copy them. So I've been copying you for a long time. Well, I appreciate that. You need to find somebody better to copy, <laughs> but uh, you, you, you gotta love a guy with low expectations. Huh? You know, though, like I, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, like I hate, I hate, I don't hate it, but like this, you know, the whole award thing, it's incredibly flattering and it's obviously a big part of our business, right? I mean, look, and anybody that says it doesn't matter, it is important, right? But like, you know, then, you know, then you're kind of obligated to write the post on the social media thing. I hate doing that, right? You know, because it's like, but, uh, but it's part of it. And, but then as I was doing it, I was thinking like, man, like, you know, when I started this 20 something years ago with working for Hank Johnson and, uh, Wayne Flint. And I mean, man, I was just happy, man. I, I was just happy to be able to pay my rent. Right. 
Right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, we love what we do, but we do do it for money. Yeah. Right. So, right? You know, and like okay, when you when you start in it, you start into it because you love it and you want to get good at it and you're wanting to help people and you're trying. I mean, I, I don't know about you. Like I was trying my best to figure out how to make a living. I mean, when I first started, I had my Ford Explorer repossessed. In fact, I got into a rental car last night because I left my car down in Palm Beach and I got this rental car and it was a Ford Explorer. I was like, last one I had one of these, you got repoed. I mean, it made me <laughs> shit. It made me a little nervous at Christmas time. I think the repo man might come up to my house, but you know. Um, but anyways, T- taking a taking a girl back to my place involved going to the uh, back seat of my Nissan Altima. Back in the day, so. <laughs> hey, those things. Hey, it shows what kind of player you were. That's all I got to say. <laughs> it's better two hundred thousand miles on that thing. Hey, I tell everybody when I you know, there was a period of time it was called the Sportsman Golf Course. At the time, uh, now it's Perdido Bay Country Club down near the Florabama package store and lounge on the on the state line. And there was a few months stretch there where I was really struggling, and I I had no power in this little little house in in Orange Beach. And I always said you had a and I, those were my crazy single days. There's some good stories. That's a podcast all in its own. Um, <laughs> And would not want my daughter or anybody listening to it. But anyways, uh, like, I mean, I told somebody you had to be really good and creative because you had to get chicks and girls early before the light, before they knew you didn't have power or it had to be so late that it didn't matter. So when I worked for Suddy and I couldn't I didn't have two nickels to rub together out of college, I'm, I'm working down in uh, Naples, mm-hmm. but uh, I can't I can't afford to stay at any place in Naples. Right. So I have to I have to drive an hour and fifteen every day from uh, Fort Myers, okay. And uh, I had a friend of a friend or a friend of a client or whatever, and I really didn't have any clientele, so that was very limited. Um, and they're like, "Hey, we've got a uh, a townhouse down there that we rent out. You, you can just stay there." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I, I get to this place, figure out which one it is, and then I go. I, I call them. I'm like, where'd you hide the key? And they're like, oh, no, we got the keys up here, and they, they live in New York or wherever. And I'm like, okay, so how do I get in? They're like, well, um, you can call a locksmith, or, or you can break in. <laughs> and I go, and I'm like, well, I can't afford locksmith. So they're like, yeah, you know, just uh, like, uh, like you know, put a brick through the front uh, window and then reach around and lock the door. So I did that, and uh, it's the, the only time I was ever uh, – you know, I, I was breaking and entering, though I was given permission to do so. <laughs> and then uh, I got in there, and not only did I not have power, but I did not have furniture. So um, a- anytime I would ever have, you know, somebody come back uh, to the, you know, you had, I had an inflatable mattress and uh, and no lights and no furniture, but it was okay because there was a lot of natural sunlight. <laughs> Those are the early days. It makes you yeah. somebody, you know, somebody said to me the other day, like, man, you know, you work hard, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we, we all do. And, and you know, I said, man, like, I, I'm still the guy that's afraid that, like, I'm going to wake up one day and there's nothing on the lesson book and that it isn't going to be where you're booked way out and you got people paying X amount for lessons. And, like, you know, I I, I don't know if that's good or bad or what that says about me, but. Like I, right. you know, I live every month and, and, you know, when you do what we do, most of us, you know, you, you make your living off of how many lessons you give and what you teach and how you do. 
So every month starts fresh, right? You know, there's no guaranteed next month you're going to make enough to, to pay your nut, you know? And so, uh, but I, but I think that also is why some of us are successful because you, you know, I think that that's a motivating factor and, and people don't want to go back to those early days. And I think also, I respect and admire people that like you're talking about your living situation with Doc Suddy and that came up under great old teachers because those guys and I'm sure Doc was the same. I've heard stories like, I mean, those guys were hard on us. Oh, my God. You know, so there's a there's a generation of teachers out there that I kind of wonder uh, could have handled what I did. None of them um, nowadays so, could. None. None. No, th- there's a there's a sensitivity that, you know, the knowledge is so readily available. So I do think they know more at a younger age. But there's a sensitivity out there. I think Tom Brady said it, a softening. Uh, I, 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 well, I'll quote, I'll quote George Carlin, a pacification of America, right? Yeah. So, um, so I, uh, the these young teachers I, are playing flag football. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's pillow fights, not, uh, not drag out knockout fights, but, um, yeah. So, uh, and again, I don't want to talk about, uh, carrying ice up six flights of stairs, but at the same time, uh, the very first time I ever coached or, uh, uh, tapes for Jim on the PGA tour. So Jim McLean's guys were out there, Carbone and all those, those were the guys I was drinking with that night. Uh, sometimes on the champions tour, sometimes it was like with guys like Keith Burgess and Tom Perkser and everything. It was a good life for a 23 year old. So anyways, mm-hmm. I go, I go out there and I, I videotape. I mean, that's all we had V one and I'm videotaping. And by the way, these guys aren't waiting and I'm calling them Mr. And sir, would you mind if I tape you? And I'm getting the riot act from Hale Irwin, <laughs> uh, from Jim Colbert and all that kind of stuff. Uh, getting lectured, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, you know, I think people want to look at Tiger Woods playing, not yours, but uh, thanks for the uh, lecture. But anywho, uh, so I, I get really good at, at taping. I spend about seven, eight hours out there straight, so I get back, I give the tape to Doc. I'm being paid to do this, and he takes a look at the first two, and the angles aren't good, and the sizing isn't good, so he takes out the tape and throws it against the wall. And basically just says, uh, as it hits the wall, you wasted your time today. <laughs> and then the funny, the funniest thing is I told him, I go, then don't pay me. And he goes, no, I'm going to pay you. And I'm like, no, I, I'm not accepting. You know, so we, we have this little, I'm like, I'm not taking it. I go, you just said it's not, it's not to your quality. I accept that. Um, this is my first time doing it. I'll, I'll do better the next time. So the next time I do it, right. So, so there's a generation of teachers that would have walked out right there. Like, For why sure. would you put up with that? Yeah. And I, I took it as that's why this man is where he's at. Okay, so I have to, I have to, you know, if you want to make a change in your life, you need to raise your fucking standard. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, so his standards are very high. So the next time I go out there and take, and here's the other thing. Everybody wants credit. Everybody wants to be thanked. Uh, by the way, try being married. Um, that, that shit ain't coming your way. So anyways, I go out there the second time and I'm taping at Bay Hill. Uh, you know, and you got Immelman play. This is early 2000s, early mid 2000s. You got guys like Immelman playing great and all this stuff. And, and I, uh, you know, got Applebee out there, Tiger, everybody. So I'm out there. I'm at Arnold Palmer. What a great freaking moment that was. Anyways, I take eight, nine hours, come back. Jim looks at the first two. Then he looks at the third one. Nods his head. Doesn't say a word. <laughs> Doesn't say good job. No, yeah. This is what doesn't say this is way better. Yeah, honestly, this is the standard that he lived by or lives by, and this is what he expects. 
and you don't get credit for doing your effing job. That's the thing. So the, the message was loud and clear right there. It's like it's like Chris Rock said, being proud that that, that you've never gone to jail. You're not supposed to. You, you shouldn't be proud that you did your job correctly. But but you should be okay with hearing from your mentor when you didn't live up to your uh, to his expectations, right? So uh, there was always those moments with Doc. Doc, and again, I say this with all, I love that man. For I, sure. I, I adore that. that. That man is my golf father, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, there was other moments where he would say something, and uh, and again, he's a doctor of kinesiology, and, and these words are more prevalent in our industry now, but uh, not so much back then, uh, uh, and not so readily available to, with all golf teachers. And I went to a lot of other golf instructors too that they would let me watch them teach but anyways these uh kinesiology terms these biomechanical terms he would say something and then i would just smile at him and he'd look at me and he'd be like what and i go yeah what does that mean and he goes you don't know what that means and i go no i don't know what that means what does that mean he goes how the hell are you going to help anybody (laughs) he would tell me that (laughs) and then my my last story on 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 the great man study. My last one is Dr. Christian Marquardt came over with Sam Putt. It was very early. It was like 2004 when it first came over. He was staying at Twin Eagles. Uh, truth be told, I don't think Doc loves putting, but I think he would argue that. Um, so he would, he, he would always say, hey, you learn how to use the device and then you teach me. Right? I did the same with TrackMan. I did the same with Sam Putt with Doc. All this stuff. So he goes uh, with Sam Putt, he goes Brad Faxon's coming in. Uh, make sure, and, and at the time he was teaching Brad, and he was teaching Lauren Roberts, right? He, okay. he taught for 20 years. And I've got Sam Putt, this new technology, and I, I'm putting it on these great putters, you know, the, the halo on these great putters putters, right? So Doc goes, I'm going to help him with a swing. Why don't you go down the putting green and set up Sam Putt, uh, you know, six foot or eight foot or whatever it was, and then he goes, make sure it's straight. I'm like, no problem. So I get down there, I use a stent meter, no problem, straight, set it all up. Doc drives by, uh, Brad's still on the back of the range. Doc goes, is that straight? And I go, it's straight. I use a stent meter, it's straight. He goes, it doesn't look straight. He goes, why don't you do it again? So I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I use the stent meter, I check it again. Sure enough, it's straight, but you know what? Now I moved it like a, a centimeter or a millimeter to the left or the right or whatever. All right, now it's straight, now it's straight. So anyways, we get down there. I'm excited. I'm a 22-year-old, 23-year-old, and Brad Faxon's walking up, and I'm going to put something on his putter, and I'm going to tell him what the heck this thing's telling us. And uh, it's the, I'm putting the halo on. I'm making sure it's at 90 degrees at angles, and, and I'm so excited. And then the first thing is that as I'm doing it, he goes, well, or Doc goes, well, this putt's supposed to be straight, but I don't think it's straight. <laughs> right, in front of, right in front of him undresses me and then um, uh, Brad rolls one putt looks at Doc goes yeah it's straight <laughs> that was it. how funny so, is that yeah so I, I just don't if I could give one piece of advice to the younger teachers than I thanks for calling me young by the way um, only in our business would I be considered that I'm, I'm like at the halfway house now of life <laughs> um, but anywho, anywho, uh, if I give one piece of uh, advice to teachers, is don't be afraid to take your lumps. 
especially from a, someone that you respect, someone what you want to be like, they're probably where they're at because of how they are. Correct. It's, it's, not, it's not personal. It's just a... Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. And look, recently, several teachers I know and several players have had some scares with skin cancer. In fact, I recently went and saw a dermatologist here in town, and I had a couple things frozen off, eyelid, my face, my earlobe, and not getting any younger. And I know, I know it's getting to that time of the season where it's cooler, but look, being in the sun is a real deal, and I've not been very good, to be totally honest, my whole career at using it at all because I didn't like how greasy it was how hard it was to get off your hands, how it clogged up my pores. And then I found this sunscreen, Visor Skin Care. It's clear, it goes on, it doesn't dry you out, it isn't greasy, it's like you didn't put anything on. By far, it's the best sunscreen I've ever used, without a doubt, is the easiest to use. And we've got a discount code for all of you. All you have to do is go to visorskincare.com, is use our code word, DoSweeper. VisorSkinCare.com, code word DoSweeper. Well, let, what, let's talk about some of the things. You obviously had a great upbringing. I, I respect that a lot, I, I, and, and I, I encourage, you know, we do a lot. Justin Parsons, Wayne Flint, and myself, Jackson, obviously, we have that golf mentoring page. I, I think that it's important because I think in this day and age of – it's. I think the teaching summits are great. I'm, I'm not big on the certification shit that people go do i think that's a waste of time but like i you know i i think we're missing the because of all the phones and stuff the opportunity to go work under people and really learn and really be mentored and and you mentioned that doc was your golf father and i and i think that relationship we're missing out on parts of that you know it, it, because no you know hank and i had a i mean it, you, you could have a 30 for 30 on that relationship i mean you know, when he passed, we didn't sp- speak a lot, but like, I mean, he meant the world to me and, but he, and he taught me more than how to teach golf. He taught me how to do things the right way. He taught me how you present things. He taught me how to be a professional. He taught me how to treat other people. Uh, he taught me more than golf. And I think we're missing part of that. I really do. I, and I'm outspoken about it. And I don't know that going to take a two day certification seminar teaches you that i so i i I love people like you that have gone through that and survived it i always say survived but what are some of the things you took from doc and and how has that impacted your teaching now and and when you now that you're you know you're obviously successful you got great players and you look back on it jake like what do you say like man like i've come a long way from doc but some of this shit's still the same right so certification is not mentorship, and a, and a true apprenticeship always happens at the hand of a master. So if you don't know what his living room smells like, then I, I don't really think you learn much from him because I learned more over drinks than I ever did um, going to a seminar. So, um, yeah, the, the thing that I – I use a lot of technology. Everybody knows that. Um, horse plates, launch, 3D, all that stuff. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But what I have tried to do – and perhaps this means that I don't get as many followers as though, you know, there, there's a fork in the road right here. You can use this technology to uh, disprove some of the things that were out there by previous generations of instructors uh, throughout time. We have like 200 years of 
golf instruction book, right? Yeah, Percy Boomer learning on learning golf, but Ernest Jones swing the club head, you know, Alex J. Morrison, uh, Stuart Maiden, uh, all these guys, all these books that I read when I was, um, you know, when I was learning golf, it was only because I had a library card, you know? So yeah. anyways, uh, there is, there's a fork in this road. So you can use this technology to say, uh, I have seen further, and that is dead wrong. You know, John Jacobs, stuff like that, practical golf. Um, what I have chosen to do, and again, maybe it means less followers, but I sleep fine at night and have a reflection in the mirror. So um, basically, uh, I've used the latest technology, and I will continue to do so to prove the genius of the previous generation of instructors, and none starts sooner than Dr. Study. So. Um, when you're doing 3D, when these biomechanical terms are in our ethos and that we're using them on a daily basis to speak more correctly, right? Um, these were words that he was using, like I said, 20 years ago. And then the funniest thing is when I discover certain things uh, while using this technology, I would be like, you know, it, I, I just yesterday I used uh, five lessons as an example from uh, Hogan's book about how he wanted the toe line positioned and how that affects decline. And then uh, then he, the guy goes, how did Hogan figure that out? I go, because he was a freaking freak, man. He was a savant. I go, I go, he couldn't have explained it like this with the ball behavior. Correct. And that was enough, right? So um, did he have every single thing in that book correct? No. Uh, should, should a book from 70 years ago be 100% correct? I don't think so. That would be an indictment on our learning, right? We don't make cars like we did 60 years ago. That doesn't mean those people are stupid, right? Yeah. We've evolved over time, but there are certain messages, there are certain things that have stood the test of time, and that's what I like to do. I like to use the technology to prove the genius of generations of instructors that have come before me that were just doing the best with what they had, and that's all I'm doing. I'm doing the best with what I have. I'm very interested in what comes out next, right? And I'm kind of going that route right now with uh, motion to coach and virtual reality and stuff like that. But there's things I'm saying that's wrong, and I can't wait to learn what they are so I can stop saying I'm wrong. Yeah, I talk all the time and and say that like you know what I've what my base, <clears throat> if you will, that I learned to teach in, and I think all of us that you know were mentored, we we had a foundation that we learned to teach within, right? And as I've gone along and I've added tech and, um, you know, like I use way more tech than probably people think that I do. And, you know, what I have, what I've taught and that foundation really hasn't changed, which to me is a testament to how good my foundation and my mentor, the mentoring they did to me was now my understanding and maybe ways to coach it maybe refining the motions and all that stuff has changed and it's helped me help people and reach more people, explain things better. But, you know, I think again, that's a testament to how great some of these, some of these guys, these legends that we've had the opportunity to learn from were, especially when you look at, they didn't have 3d or they, they didn't have force plates and, you know, uh, but, but, you know, they were geniuses. I, I got to spend time around Jimmy Ballard. I've gotten to spend time around Bob Posse. That's a great story in itself. And, and the funniest thing is with all these great instructors that I continue to try to be around, learn from, so on, um, what I've learned from them above all else is that they are master communicators. Mm-hmm. 
in their own way, right? In an, and not only in a, in a very authentic way, mm-hmm. because uh, because uh, Bob, like, well, I'll just say it. Bob Tosky once watched me teach a lesson, and I improved the ball play, so I felt pretty good about myself. This gets back to it. Stop being so damn sensitive, right? Mm-hmm. So I improved the ball flight. Um, you know, it's a slicer. Got got to see one turnover and stuff. Felt good about it. Young instructor. Go to Toski and Toski goes, yeah, I didn't like that lesson so much. And I go, you didn't like it. I go, he left. He, he was happy. He saw this ball play. He had this goal. He, he's a slicer. Now he has a, a roadmap of how to, how to, you know, become a drawer and, and so on and so forth. He, 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 Told me that was, he goes, oh, that was a great lesson, right? So Tosky's like, yeah, I didn't like it so much. I go, what do you like about it? He goes, you're too nice in a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, I'm too nice? And he goes, yeah. I go, well, isn't this a service that they're paying for, uh, Bob? And and he goes, "Uh, you know, and I've already sworn on this, so I'll do it again. He goes, listen, who's the fucking expert? You or him? He goes, if he could could improve himself, why wouldn't he have? He wouldn't have needed you. He needs you, right? He goes, I don't he goes, I don't care what he's accomplished out in whatever his field is. He goes, he's in your office right now. Okay? And so I always took that to heart and I always took some of that and that, that again, if we're calling that old school, uh, you know, the funniest thing is everything comes back around. I, I really like that. Um, especially when you're talking about like teaching juniors and stuff like that. Because they found you, you didn't find them. They told you they wanted to be a good player. Right. So the only way this works is if they meet you halfway, right? You Correct. Meet, you will meet them halfway, but they have to meet you halfway. They can't go home and play Fortnite all day and, and ask why they're not a plus handicap and why colleges aren't looking at them. You exactly. Know, they, can't, they, they can't swing at 106 and expect to have anything anymore, you know? No, I, I agree with that, and I, you know, uh, wholeheartedly and and again i think that the art uh, going back to what you said i i think that if you look at folks that have had great success in our field they're ma- the, the ones that have had the very best success are the are master communicators you know and and again you could we had butch on the podcast on our mentoring thing a couple weeks ago and I mean, that was one of the things he talked about. I mean, and I do. I think nowadays most of us have a lot of the same information. I mean, everybody may have different preferences, a little bit beliefs, but man, the best people are the best communicators. If Butch Harmon tells you, you got a good swing or I like your swing, you walk to the T two inches taller and two inches longer, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Okay? 100%. Because that guy, that guy is in black and white photos as a kid watching Hogan hit. Correct. Okay. Mm hmm. Butch Butch has swag. And he has his own style, okay? And and his style is to uh, kick them in the ass when they need it and pump them up when they need it. Right. Okay? Absolutely. And that's missing in today's instruction. We Everybody on the internet can fix everybody because they can see from afar uh, what is wrong. So why don't you just tell them that? As if these great players, these PGA Tour players, don't have a mind of their own. Right. And that's my pet peeve. I, you know, and I don't put on it social media. I very seldom put a tour player out there and, and ever put anything anybody's working on, right? Because you get these jerk offs that, I mean, you know, guys shoots 86 and, you know, he's got an opinion. 
You know, it's it's it, it drives me insane. You know, so let, let's talk about so talk a little bit about what what you did, uh, what what you do, your presentation, what you did, and what you got going on there at the PG at uh, the Golf Magazine Summit. I, I want to hear a little about it. All right. Well, this is this is funny. Um, so uh, first off, presenting at the Top Hundred Summit. It's literally like changing your profile picture on Facebook to uh, having one with your shirt off. Okay. Yeah. You're gonna feel very. <laughs> you're gonna feel very judged very quickly. That is a tough room to talk in. So to me, the only way to approach that is gratitude and humble. I mean, right up front, front row is Adam Schreiber, one of my favorite people in the world. Boy, he's okay? the best. He's a legend. He is absolutely a legend, and there he is in. T- he, there was other teachers, and I won't say their name, at least on this, I'll tell you later, uh, that, that talk during other people's presentations, that, that, that say anything that they think is wrong. There's even one guy that hijacked the presentation and walked up on stage, all that kind of stuff, right? I know who so that there is. There I go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, exactly. Um, so Shrives is right up front, and he is in tune to everything I'm saying. And the first thing I say is, listen. There's, there is a lot of teachers in here that have coached PGA Tour professionals. There's a lot of uh, and major champions that have raised prodigies here. I go, I'm extremely humbled to think that maybe I can give you an idea. But uh, the, the thing that was comforting is I was up there with my one of my best friends in the world. Uh, is Kevin Streelman. He's been my client since 2014. We've had our bumps along the way. But like I said at the Open, you know, whether it was 2014 or ever since we were 14, you know, like, just like every great love story, we're still here, baby. Yeah. So, um, we were just talking about his two second place finishes and kind of what I noticed in 3d. It got some publicity about my, my famous garage, which I, my garage is like a golf lab. Uh, sometimes I post a little bit of that. So just using the 3d and what we were looking at and then how it relates to the ball flight and really, I think the point of any speaking engagements is to make one. Like the point should be to make a point. And my point on it was that when you're working with a guy that's on the PGA tour, probably they want one of two things, if not both, probably both. They want help with a certain shot and they want the eradication of another shot. So what I called it was that we always have to work in the opposite of the piss off. That's what I said. So basically (laughs) – when I when I started coaching, or even around like the Doc Study days, when I'm around the Azingers, the Funks, and all these guys, the Rocco, all these guys that are coming in, I, re- I I was under the opinion I'm like, well, all tour pros hate a left miss, right? That's what Hogan said. That's what Trevino said. I'm like, that's got to be it. And then when I get out there, is yeah, there's a lot of pros that don't like a left miss, but not all of them. And, and Kevin's pissed off shot is high spinning and right. Again, top 20 driving accuracy typically drivers the best club in his back. But when he sees high spinning and right, he knows these young guys are knocking it way by him. And just like uh, Owen Wilson said in Wedding Crashers, we're not that young. So yep. we can't give off that kind of distance. So um, everything that we do is in um, is in training the opposite uh, ball flight for that. Truth be told, Kevin plays pretty good having it fall left or right. He's pretty damn neutral. He's pretty damn straight as it goes. He likes that. He doesn't like to see a lot of curve on the ball. But when we're training, it's to get, avoid the opposite miss. I, I, I'm going to want him to train a little bit more curve, especially a, more of a push-draw pattern for him. Now, a guy like Tim Petrovic, the exact opposite. I don't ever want – I don't want his 
ball to think it can make on left hand turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, because that's working in 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 reference to his pissed off shot. So, uh, so what we did there is uh, again, it, it was I, I felt like it was a good presentation. Um, the guy who was given X's and hijacking actually told me next to the urinal that he thought it was worthy of the main stage, which it probably hurt him to say something nice. But um, I digress. Uh, we were talking about uh, getting Kevin to, lo- and I know you'll love this, getting Kevin to load his right side in the backswing, mm-hmm. right? I do think we're moving away from this whole fixed access, uh, centered pivot, all this kind of stuff, because we're realizing that if you're truly going to hit the ball, that you need to load your, you got to shift your mass, right? Wait, Correct. Shift. You have to shift your mass. Uh, the timing of that, and my whole point in 3D, ground reaction force, all that, the timing of it matters more to me than the magnitude, okay? So people are trying to increase uh, lateral rotational and vertical uh, forces, right? But the funniest thing is it's more about the ramping up and the time frame that you have that will ultimately determine that player's success, right? Simply by maximizing all these verticals. Now, if you're, you're given a kid who is a specimen and you want to go down that route, you know, to be honest with you, I, I think you're probably right to do so. But when you have a guy who's 45 years old on a PGA tour, right, you're not there to necessarily maximize. You're there to harmonize, quote Mark Blackburn, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it is the time frame, the sequencing of events in a very short period of time that matters a great deal more to me to a 45-year-old guy who's been on the PGA tour since 2008 and never come close to Right. Um, so basically, we uh, we were talking about getting to load his right hip. He had gone to somebody else, told them they wanted to increase his pelvic rotation. And here's what's cool. In 3D on my suit um, and on the, the Motion to Coach app, basically, he was getting about 37 degrees of pelvic rotation in the backswing, even on a driver, which would be at the lower end. Right. And he was he was focusing on it. That was his sole intent. As he was doing that, he was cheating it a little bit, right? So he was spinning his hips, turning his hips, twisting his hips right off the bat, and that would keep his forward bend. So his upper his upper body would move further behind the ball, so his tilt would get more away. And he still wasn't actually rotating his pelvis any. So I got him to start loading it. I told him basically, you know, kind of Rory style, let's keep the buttons and buckle at the ball or at the target line longer as you kind of push down on lead foot, load the trail hip. Uh, you know, again, for a for an iron, that might be an inch. That felt like a mile to him because of how much he had ingrained the other pattern. And for a driver, it might be two inches. When he started doing that, he started hitting the ball better. And then, of course, he goes, okay, yeah, this is right for me. So I guess don't worry about my pelvic rotation. And I go, what you talking about? And he goes, well, yeah, I, I, this, I'm hitting it better. This is more me. I'm going to do it this way. I'm like, yeah, but what are you talking about pelvic rotation? I go, look, he increased it by 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. So even a player as good as he is and is in tune with what he does, an elite ball striker, a guy that's been, a, you know, finished top 10 in the U.S. Open, has been top 20 in green, uh, 12th in greens of regulation one year. Um, even a guy like that, when he focuses on one thing, it takes his eyes off other things. And just by getting him a better sequencing, it, it increased what he set out to increase while not thinking about it, and that's why they need teachers. That's awesome. 
And that's but that's also a good story that there's a lot of different ways to get somebody to do something. And the art of coaching is to maybe refine other things that indirectly do some other things, right? Hundred percent. You you need them to focus on the priority. I truly believe that the success in any lesson is the order of implementation, not the inf- the information. As you said, is good, right? If by and large we are arguing about less things, right? the information is good, but the order of implementation is critical to get them to do it, to get them to change. I'm writing that down. That was good. (laughs) Damn, Jake, you're on a roll today. I mean, this has been awesome. I mean, this is great stuff. Um, I love that. And I I agree with that too. Cause I, I mean, look, and with all these forces and verticals, I mean, I've seen hell, I've seen 20 handicappers come in and their verticals are through the roof but I mean, they can't break ninety. They can't play defense, right? I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, what are we doing here, right? You know, like let's get things in the right order. Okay, so his verticals went down, but he shot seventy eight, right? <laughs> you know, he's on his feet a little longer and stuff like that. You know, uh, and and as you know, you know my. I mean, I'm outspoken probably too much, but like, I don't ever lean anybody on their lead side. You know, I think hell our jobs to teach you to get behind it. You know, it's a rotary sport trying to hit it, but like, uh, um, I love that. I agree with you on that sequence stuff. And I think that's a huge deal. The better the player, the better the player. It's, you know, more about when they do it and how they do it than it is, you know, than it is with a, you know, with Joe and Mary six pack. Absolutely. It's, uh, well, you said uh, putting them on their lead side is the coward's way, I believe. And I wrote that down when you said it. There's some people, there's some people, there's some people out there don't, they don't like when I say that. It's all right. No, I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it the, the funniest thing is the lateral, the rotational, the vertical, everything that people talk like wax poetic about and, and ad nauseum about. The funniest thing is if you get on your force plate or you get in your 3D suit, uh, and just isolate lateral, all right, the horizontal. Just isolate the rotation. Just isolate the vertical. What you'll realize is it doesn't take much to achieve the level that's achieved in the golf swing. Mm-hmm. Sasha McKenzie uh, made a comment that once you start jogging, you are putting more vertical force under each foot when you jog than you would ever in a golf swing. Pretty okay? crazy, Five huh? times. Five times as much. Just, just by going for a little brisk jog is more than uh, the vertical force in a golf swing. So if that's the case, these forces that we talk that are so, oh, you know, this, this guy is pushing up from the ground two times his uh, mass units and stuff like that. Actually, this, I just told you jogging is more. So mm-hmm. it doesn't take much to generate these things. It's more important in the time frame, which isn't a lot. So there, there's the key. Average golf swing is like 1.2 seconds, you know, 10 thousandths of a second from top to bottom to top of back swing to impact. You don't have a lot of time to ramp these up. Okay? So it, it's not the it's not the maximization of these forces necessarily. It is a time frame allowable for that player to see success. And case in point, like you said, everybody at Top Golf probably has a high amount of vertical force, <laughs> but uh, they've never even been on a they've never even been on a golf course. Correct. They have no skill. Jay, you're awesome, man. This was fun. We got to do this again. We got to do some. <laughs> we could do one too. Maybe at the P- you go on the PGA show. I will be at the PGA show. I'm going to be, uh, um, I guess I'll announce it here. I, I will be on stage at uh, 
and open forum promotion to coach with Mr. John Sinclair. And just like with you, I'm going to just follow his. What lead what what night is that? Uh, or day? See, now now you ask me questions. I have no idea. I I think isn't it usually. Is it right after the demo day? Is it that evening? Yeah, I think so. Because Wednesday yeah. Wednesday evening, I don't know that this needs to be on the podcast, but Wednesday evening I'm hosting a cocktail party for guests of this and people I'd just like to have drinks with. So I'll be shooting you the info on that. All right, appreciate it. Maybe, that, maybe we'll uh, have a couple glasses of rum or beer and a, another podcast to break out. There you go. And like I, you said at the open that it's cold in Chicago, but you know the the bourbon always keeps you warm. Everybody. It sure does. It sure does. Jake, you're the best. <laughs> Continued success. Keep up all the great stuff. Appreciate you sitting in. We got to do this again. All right, brother. Thanks for having me. Long time coming. Uh, looking forward to seeing you at the show. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Trixon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.